Welcome to the 4500 podcast. This week we're back to politics as we interview candidates for the Whanganui electorate at the upcoming general election. On this episode we speak to Green Party candidate Nicola Patrick about her background and why she's standing. You can visit us at the4500.co.nz and you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Please also follow us on Facebook. Here's Nicola Patrick. unfortunate circumstances around that for you and for a lot of people in Monganui. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, so last year Chris Creswell uh, talked to me about his interest in being Green Party candidate and at that time I hadn't been elected to Horizons and I was thinking, oh I might quite like it. So we, we sort of had this very friendly competition thing going on but when I got selected to Horizons um, it was really easy to get behind Chris and back him to do it. Um, of course there's a selection process within the Green Party so we had to wait for that to go through so I was still you know waiting to see how that worked but yeah I was really hoping to be a key member of Chris's campaign team and he would have been wonderful so yeah just a huge loss to Wanganui that we don't have him anymore he was amazing and I think his um, service his funeral and tangi were really evidence for what he offered Wanganui. He really brought people together and he reached a lot of people from a lot of different circumstances um, in different communities and we're, I think we're just poorer without him. But the good part is he, he's gifted us something that we can build on and so he has created these connections and this greater awareness of green thinking and um, alternate approaches, uh, including in medicine, his profession, that we can all build on. So I, I feel like he's gifted us something amazing that we've got a, an, a responsibility to honour. And do you want to run us through your background a bit, um, quite quickly, but how you, where you've come from and how you came to be involved in politics? Yeah, so um, probably uh, without going too far back, it was probably when um, I was at primary school and we shifted to Takaka in Golden Bay. My dad was the bank manager in right. Bank of New Zealand. and. We spent a lot of weekends in the outdoors. You know, our school trip was to Abel Tasman National Park. It, it just was amazing. And both my sister and I ended up um, following careers in conservation and environmental management. She's a planner and has worked at DOC, and I spent 10 years at Department of Conservation. And when I was at DOC, I was um, m- mostly in uh, sort of senior roles, public-facing or media liaison, and it wasn't appropriate to be political. So I still had the same political values and beliefs, but I didn't um, try and express them publicly. And um, after I left the public service, um, I did other things for, for a number of years, but when I shifted back to New Zealand, it was just when the government was consulting on Resource Management Act changes the first time, about, gosh, about four years ago. And I just thought it was atrocious. I thought it was outrageous and done really badly. The consultation engagement was really poor as well. And I thought, that's it. I have to get political. So I joined the Green Party and I haven't looked back. What in particular about those RMA changes? So um, there's been a number of rounds of changes. But at the time, the changes that were concerning me was watering down environmental protection and watering down people's ability to engage in the democratic processes. 
But I was also just extremely frustrated with how they presented the information in the consultation documents. Like they, they glossed over the fact that the vast majority, and I can't remember, I think 97% of resource consents are approved. They didn't include that statistic. They just went on and on about how the RMAs are pain and blocks development. And I'm going, that's just not true. And they also used the example of how the RMA is clunky in um, natural hazard management. And again, I was like, that's just not true. I was the dock area manager when the Ruapehu Laha happened. And that was managed really, really well. We didn't have blockages around the RMA at that time. So I, I was very frustrated. Um, around the content, but also the process that poor old MFE, Ministry for the Environment, had inherited a direction that was going to result in poor quality consultation. So I thought that something's changed since I left New Zealand. I was away for about five years and it had really weakened. And so I thought, okay, I'm gonna, I guess in a way, sacrifice my public service career and get involved in politics and see see what where it takes me. You had never thought about politics before that? In oh. any shape or form. Well, there's always, it's my my um, mum tells a funny story that when I um, was at Intermediate, my uh, one of the comments from my teacher was that I was going to be the first woman Prime Minister in New Zealand. So I think I've always had a tendency towards um, being outspoken and wanting to sort of facilitate people, aka bossy. But... Um, that, so I'd, I'd always been politically minded. I'd worked really closely with ministers' offices when I lived in Wellington. Um, but, but I certainly respect the need for the public service to um, serve their political masters without fear or favour. So when I was in that role, it was, it was just much easier to not go there. But now I'm out of it, I want to be a really active part of, of making that part of democracy work and really pushing our government to do to to answer the right questions and be accountable for their positions. And why the Green Party? Oh, it's really easy, the Greens um, and I really strongly align. So when I was joining the Green Party four years ago, I um, went online and I read a whole lot of their documentation because I thought, well, I've, I've almost always voted Green and I like what they say, but actually, what does joining mean? And I went into their party values and one of their party values is to have fun. It's an explicit party value. And that really aligns with me. So it's all about, you know, the environment, inequality, and um, uh, fairness that, that are really fundamentally important, but doing it in a way where you're inclusive and you have some fun along the way. Um, the Treaty of Waitangi at the heart of the party, those things just really confirmed for me that that was the right party for me. You've admitted that you're not going to win this election, obviously. So why are you doing it, I guess, is the, is the yeah, first yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, I, I'm standing to raise the profile of the party and to increase the party vote. Because under the MMP system, the party vote's the most important. It is what influences the makeup of parliament. Um, that, that's not to say I wouldn't love to be Wanganui's electorate MP one day. But um, the timing isn't right for me, and I, I, I'm not sure what's right for the community right now either. But I think as people get to know me as a representative of the Greens, I think a lot of their fears will, will, will fade away. They'll see that the Greens actually have a lot of really strong solutions that make sense and have been thought through well. When the Greens have um, ideas or commitments like 
costing all the policy commitments so that's transparent and it's not just claims so that's that's another thing about the greens i really value is their um sort of deep commitment to transparency and fairness in terms of this um, mou you've got with labor or the greens have got with labor um you're no doubt going to be taking some votes off the labor candidate here was there any thought within the party to not stand someone here to, to help Labour's candidate? Yeah, look, I, there are definitely um, people for whom the concept of vote splitting or giving your um, party vote to one party and your candidate vote to another is is still a bit foreign. And people can vote any way they like. Um, some people will vote for me and will vote Green Party. And for me, the most important thing is Green Party. I, I think Steph Lewis could be a really good electorate candidate. She's genuine, intelligent, really committed, got great local history. But if we want to increase the party vote for Greens, we have to have someone here. And I guess that a lot of the, the, the value of the MOU is showing at a national level how Greens and Labour can work together and, co- and cooperate while still maintaining our differences. And I hope that Steph and I will show our complementary styles when we're campaigning alongside each other. Even though we represent stuff that's a little bit different, we have got a lot in common as well. Are you asking people to vote for her as the electorate? No. No, it's over to people who they want to vote for, but the one thing I am asking them to do is party vote Green. Uh, I guess the next thing we'll talk about is um, Green policy for this election. What What are the party going to be focusing on and what are you going to be pushing? Yeah, so the, um, the, the campaign priorities are still coming out, but the focus this year is um, really positive politics, and I think that's what people are looking for. So when people who are really politically minded are pretty concerned about things that are happening globally, the, the election of Trump, the Brexit decision, and concerned about what direction that's sending people in. And what, what I hope we can show as the Green Party is there is an alternate. And it is um, deeply caring and open and honest, well thought through and principle based, but also very practical and achievable. So I'm hoping through any of our policy announcements, people will be able to see those values coming through. Um, For me personally, we're still a very um, rurally focused electorate, especially further into Taranaki. And I, I often get people misunderstanding the Greens position on different um, areas and the trouble is not everyone wants to read policy and find out the accurate answer and it's really hard to summarise policy into sound bites that works for people Um, so I'm hoping that as people get to know me and the party they'll see there is a way through things that sound quite tricky and intractable but there are ways forward and the classic is um, looking at carbon emissions in agriculture like that is a really messy pointed um, tricky part where people make assumptions about where the greens are but if you look at our policy dealing with that in a sensible way over time is the way we're going to get change that sticks and it's not the number one priority to deal with carbon emissions but it is something that has to be done. It can't be ignored. We have to look at all sources of carbon emissions, and that includes agriculture. But the biggest priorities are around electricity and transport. So I'm hopeful that we'll be able to have deeper conversations as people get less fearful of the Greens and understand there are really sensible, well thought through and well costed policies coming. What, what do you think those fears are and misunderstandings and why? Yeah, so I, I definitely think people 
think that greens are hippies and dope smokers and um, whatever other assumptions people make about greens. Um, and look, I think that's based on the fact that in the past, some of the high profile people have appeared to be that. What they've also been though, is really intelligent, thoughtful, caring people. And um, as you've got to know them over time, you've seen that. But actually the diversity of the greens is huge. The, the whole range of greens out there is huge. And in fact, I'm much more of a typical green than um, people might think. So um, educated Pākehā woman is, is much more of a typical green supporter um, than anyone else. But um, I'm hoping with the diversity that's coming through the list, people will see that. So people like John Hart, who I'm getting to Wanganui in May to speak, and he's a farmer um, and an IT professional. So he's set up a farmer's market and he's also set up a fab lab looking at creation using technology, uh, like 3D printing and that sort of thing. So, you know, he's a great example of what a modern green is. Um, like Chloe Zwarbrick, she's a um, young, educated, uh, law degree, came third in the Auckland Meralty, but she also has set up a cafe and art gallery. She's um, been a magazine editor. She has helped set up a fashion label. She's just incredibly hardworking and talented, and she's 22. Then we've got um, other people coming through, like um, Dr. Elizabeth Kirikiri, who's been a massive mover in the sector for um, lesbian, gay, trans, and other genders and especially for Indigenous people, for Māori and Pacific Island people, creating conversations around identity. So we've got this amazing set of new talent coming through, as well as you know, great leadership in Materia and James, who are really complementary in what they offer as well. Is that all part of the trying to shift the image of the party? To, to appeal to a wider group of people? I think... Look, we want to appeal to a wider group of people um, because we want to represent good values that, that are across the board. But I think it more just reflects the range of people that are attracted to the Greens. Uh, I don't know that people are shoulder-tapped. They, they gravitate towards the party because it makes sense for them. Um, we've seen a growth. We've got two um, Pacific Islander people in our top 20 this time. Uh, one's um, a former diplomat who's worked internationally and a poet. Um, the other is a real uh, a grassroots community activist who lives in Palmy. So hopefully we'll see a bit of him, Tiano Tuiono. So I'm really looking forward to bringing him over here. He also is fluent in Te Reo. So these people come to the party for a reason. They're politically active and they see a resonance with the party. But once they get to know the party, they commit because it makes sense to them. And, and I think for people who get involved in the Greens, is um, one of the things that's really hard to step back from is the emphasis on consensus and inclusion and how the processes work. So if you're someone who is politically minded and into community organising and care about fairness, the processes in the Greens capture you as well because they really do work very, very well. Do you think... Uh, forming government with the Labour will work? I hope so. It's the only way to be in government at this time. 
I mean, it, look, it'd be wonder, wonderful to live in a parallel universe where the Greens could be in government by themselves, but it's a little way away. You know, I'm not saying it's impossible. I can imagine a future where it's possible, but it's only going to happen if people see the Greens in government and can see that they're trusted and can do a good job and are responsible across the range of factors you have to juggle in government. But right now, the only way Greens can be in government is alongside Labour. So, you know, that's what I really want to see is a change in government, a change away from um, what we've had for the last nine years and something new and fresh that's much more caring. And in Whanganui for this election, what do you think the issues are going to be? Well, uh, it's it's interesting, actually. I'm still hearing um, the basics from people. So people still very much care about economic stability, um, their jobs, um, they care about health and they care about education. You know, those are the bread and butter politics that people care about. But what I'm hoping for people to see is the Greens can manage those and improve them and do more preventative work. You know, the classic ambulance, um, moving away from the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. And if you look at preventative healthcare and, and those things that Chris Creswell was all about, is you can you can work efficiently, you get better outcomes for people and you save money if you turn things around a little. So I, I want, I I'm hope that people can get reassured that, that um, the Greens offer that stability. But what they also offer is um, looking forward to things like um, climate change and environmental impacts and sustainability of fresh water. Those things that may not be the top of the majority of voters list, but they are the things that make the difference to our quality of life and are becoming more and more urgent in a long-term thinking setting. When we look at um, part of the global issues happening, where is fresh water in that? we are we do have a changing climate we do have increasing pollution we've got to actually value the fresh water we have so it it becomes at that same level as jobs and health and education because without it you know what have we got we've got nothing without fresh water and you know again putting on temporarily my horizons hat as a regional councillor um, and soil. Where are we without quality water and quality soil? We've got to keep the soil on the hills and keep working hard at changes in land use where it's not sustainable. So I'm hoping that people will grow to see the Greens can manage the basics, but they offer something even more important, which is doing it in a sustainable way. I wanted to talk about the Horizons a bit. Yes. Because you got elected last, last year. Horizons has been really interesting. So I stood... Um, wanting to be a stronger voice for the environment and fresh water. You, were, you came on as one of the few with a kind of environmental bent, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that's what I stood on too. So I made it really clear that's what I'm about and that's what I'm standing for. And I knew that um, I'd be a minority voice in that regard in the, in the sense that the, the um, continuing councillors are generally traditional regional councillor types, um, with a few exceptions. So I knew it would be a minority voice and I knew it would be a little bit bumpy and sure enough it was a little bit bumpy. Um, and I'd even been told that I just needed to serve my apprenticeship and be quiet and just listen. But that isn't why I was elected. People don't vote for their representative to sit there quietly for three years to quietly get their head around it. You were told to do that? A couple of people said that to me directly and a couple said it indirectly. So I... Um, obviously pushed back at that and said, well, that's not why I'm here. And I don't 
you know, it's different if you've got um, a science degree and have worked in the resource management field and you've been an operational manager um, and managed a wastewater treatment plant and worked on environmental impacts of roading upgrades. I mean, I've got lots of really relevant experience. I'm, I'm not there to slowly come up to speed. I'm ready to be involved. So, um, yeah, a bit bumpy, but I guess as they've got to know me a bit more and, and recognise that I've got some expertise to share, but I also hopefully ask good questions and I am thinking about the answers. I'm not just pushing a single-minded political barrow. I am actually interested in understanding what's happening and then asking the questions. Um, things have got heaps better and I, I feel like I'm, I'm really... Um, it, people are engaging with me and it isn't the same bumps that it was at the start. So I'm hoping that continues. But um, choosing to stand for the Green Party as well does put a bit of acid on it because a number of um, people are a bit anti the Greens and, and that mixes things up. But I do see them as separate hats on Horizons. I'm representing Wanganui and I stood on an environmental platform. Um, but that role is different to being a Green Party candidate. And on Horizons, I'm there to do what's best for Wanganui. What issues have you been focusing on with your Horizons work? Um, well, one of the topics that uh, I'm really looking forward to getting my teeth into is feedlots or um, an intensive management of cattle predominantly um, and what are the environmental impacts of that. So I'm really looking forward to getting a briefing from Horizons about their understanding of the extent of it in the region and what the impacts are and what the options are. We also had a, a good briefing the other day from um, a representative of beef and lamb industry who's recently facilitated a meeting with a bunch of farmers to start that conversation. So it's really good to see farmers and industry leading their own solutions as well. So that's something that I'm, I'm keen to get my teeth into. Of course, we've just had the court decision uh, around the one plan implementation. That one is um, still quite tricky and it's good that Horizons is taking a number of weeks to look and examine at it, but I, I think it's quite a damning decision and, and stuff has to change. So I, I'm looking forward to hearing more about what those options are too. And just lastly, your last word to the voters of Wanganui. Well, party vote green. It's got to be done. Um, and I'd be really happy to meet with people and talk about them and reassure them about what the Green Party's about, answer specific questions around policy, um, share information. Uh, there's an initiative I'd like to offer people where if they can get a group of friends and family together, I'll come to their house or meet them somewhere and we can have just a relaxed conversation and get to know me. Um, but I'm... I'm really hopeful that people can put aside what they think the Greens are like and just get to know what the party is truly standing for and what, what hopefully I can represent too.